Mom, can I have a cookie? Okay, maybe just one, sweetie. Thanks, Mom. Hey, they're all gone. What are they? No more cookies? Who took the last one? Mom? Gilly's Goodies, the best home-baked cookies, cakes, and pies in Israel. This Purim, send a Gilly's Goodies care package to an Israeli soldier. Just go to gillysgoodies.com. That's G-I-L-I-S goodies.com. Gilly's Goodies, so good, they're gone. Shalom and welcome to all of you who love God, Torah, and Israel. This is Noahide Nations. I'm Jim Long, and on the other microphone, as always, Ray Pedersen. Hi, Ray. Hi, Jim. How you doing today? Just wonderful. And as always, we're we're uh, you know grateful to be here, Baruch Hashem. Uh, thankful to be able to to come to folks uh, via Israel National Radio and talk about the Sheva Mitzvot. But uh, let's cut to the chase, and why don't you tell our listeners very quickly, what are the seven laws of Noah? Number one, and probably the most important one, is not to commit idolatry. Uh, Also, we have not to commit murder, uh, not to commit theft, not to commit blasphemy against our Creator, uh, not to commit any sexual transgressions, uh, not to eat the limb of a living animal, And a positive precept is to set up courts of justice for the purpose of seeking justice and ruling in a just manner upon all six of these laws. Well, thank you. Right. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that uh, we, we like to remind our listeners uh, that that uh, as, as you just pointed out, that the seven laws that we just enumerated are, are category headings. And, and uh, there are many permutations to these laws and that uh, there are some who believe that that the seven laws are are just a basic, uh, almost a, an entry level uh, relationship with Hashem, but uh, most of our listeners who have been longtime Noahides know that it's it's more than just entry level. It's it's a richness and a relationship that many of us would would uh, would not give up, and we would not turn back to the uh, the former ways that we believed. And of course, all this has been facilitated by way of Torah and the commentaries and uh, our wonderful relationships with uh, the rabbinical world and uh, our teachers. Uh, in the rabbinical realm. And we have a rabbi today who is a guest, Ray, and uh, he is, uh, he's not really a rabbi with a congregation at this point in time. He has another uh, outreach, if you will, and uh, his outreach is to those who are, uh, have fallen upon and fallen prey to uh, drug abuse. And he is Rabbi Moshe Markowitz. He's based in Baltimore at BD Health Services. And, uh, Rabbi, first of all, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, sir. And uh, we, uh, we're glad that you could find time in your, in your busy schedule uh, to, to talk to us today. And I just want to very quickly, I don't want to embarrass you. Thank you, you but for I, having me. Yeah, well, we, we'd love to have you on, and, and I, want to, I don't want to embarrass you too much, because I, but I do want to uh, outline some of the, I think, very impressive uh, uh, points on your, uh, uh, your 
cur- uh, curriculum vitae. And, of course, uh, you are clinical director at BD Health Services, but uh, you, you also have a master's from the University of uh, Maryland at Baltimore. Uh, your ordination came from uh, Nair Israel Rabbinical College. You have a master's from that college. You've, you have a master's of science at John Hopkins. My goodness, what uh, all of that background and all of that teaching, what led you to uh, become a clinical uh, director of health services? What was the path to that? Basically, God's providence. Amen. Okay. <laughs> That's can, how everything is in life. Well, can you expand um, on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, originally, I was a principal at Liberty Jewish Center, and at that time I actually invited you and uh, Mr. Jones to join us, and that was phenomenal to have you then. Um, Are you speaking of, you're speaking of uh, Professor Vendel Jones, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and since then, you know, I've... Uh, Always, even in my younger days, you know, <clears throat> have been interested in understanding people and helping people, and it just made sense to make it a profession. Right. And now, thank God, we have uh, hundreds of clients that uh, we're helping in the Dundalk area of uh, Maryland. It's, for those who don't know, it's like the it's like the eastern um, county. Yeah. Of uh, it's it's the eastern side of Baltimore County. Yeah, of Greater Baltimore. And what what are your uh, specific duties as a clinical director at this uh, organization? Um, really, you know, for all the clients, um, any any questions that may come up during the course of the day, how to help different people, um, sometimes medically related, where I refer to our medical director and the medical staff, um, supervise um, about 10 clinicians here, and... You know, really, every day is different. Um, there are people that have, um, I guess I, I should say our specialty here is a heroin addiction, but uh, it doesn't stop there, unfortunately. When people use drugs, it, it's, it sometimes ends there and starts with uh, marijuana, alcohol, smoking, um, cocaine. Um, sometimes, for many people, you can almost know what they're going to say before they even say it because... It seems to be a pattern. Uh, again, every, every person is an individual, but often you'll find someone who started uh, smoking at age 12 and then became marijuana at age 14, and that turned into uh, uh, using cocaine or heroin. And uh, eventually, by uh, 18, 20, 22, they're shooting up. Um, wow. It's just uh, an ongoing cycle. And sometimes you find when people lack um, spirituality in life, they turn to this as an alternative. I'm just going to say that uh, it's really, uh, truly a sad commentary uh, on the the state of uh, particularly our youth, but not just our youth, also uh, folks who are adults and you would think would would know better in in the way of taking care of themselves. And yet uh, we have such a a tremendous uh, issue with this. Uh, And it's not just here in the United States, it's worldwide, but we're more familiar with it here in the United States. And uh, uh, truly, it, it has gotten to a point where it actually involves national security now. 
uh, this is uh, you know quite the quite the dilemma, and there's all sorts of uh, facets of this. I mean, just myriads of of addictions out there that are, are somewhat stunning. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you don't have a a spiritual life, your your physical life is not being led truly by the Creator. And and, and I think I already know the answer to this based on uh, what you've already said, but does the clinic itself focus exclusively on on addictions? Is it, uh, your, or is your focus more at drug rehab, but uh, you are picking up and helping people with other addictions? How, how does it work at your particular clinic? Ours is a little different in the way that we have a more of a medical model. Um, many other clinics will focus on total abstinence, and we do that as well, but we have a medication called methadone that replaces um, their wanting and needing for heroin and, and other opiates. So it helps us in a much faster way. Actually, statistically, um, methadone is, uh, when done properly, is more successful than any other treatment. It lasts the longest, is less um, relapse, Etc. Etc. When people really do it properly, um, the idea that I tell my staff, clients, and anybody else who asks me that hasn't even heard the word methadone sometimes, is that um, it takes away the Sahara, so to speak. It takes away the wanting to even want drugs. So now you're left with a person who you can help right away. You can help them get a job. You can help them heal their relationship with their, with, with their family, loved ones. And, and uh, very often I find in people that they may be 30 and 40 when they come into treatment, sadly, or, um, but they may have the, um, I don't know what, what the right word is, um, matureness of a um, 16-year-old hmm. or even a 12-year-old or a 20-year-old because that's where they kind of ended their life. And now they're back, they're 30 and 40 and 50, and they're, they kind of missed a couple decades of life. It's very sad. But growth, growth. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I, know, uh, I know from my own personal experience, Rabbi, that, uh, you know, you just touched on something. It's very interesting, uh, the fact that uh, people who are emotionally or even physically or both uh, abused mm-hmm. as youngsters, don't they usually sort of mentally lock in and stay there at that emotional level for the rest of their life unless they have some kind of help? Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, you you find that uh, some people are self-medicating for different reasons. Yeah. Some people use cocaine for certain reasons that are uppers and, you know, heroin and the like for, uh, that, that are downers, and they're kind of self-medicating. What I find is in, in when people come into treatment the first day, you got to compliment them. It's a major step because it amazes me ten times the amount of people that are not in treatment. So just <laughs> taking that first step, even if they relapse a few, a few times, which does happen sometimes, it's, it's, it's j- just taking that first step is, is, is an amazing goal, an amazing accomplishment right there, just to walk in that door, not knowing what to expect, not knowing who your counselor might be, not knowing a lot of things. It's a scary world, yeah. and compared to, you know, ten times that amount, I haven't even entered treatment. It, well, it just amazes me. Rabbi, you know, you talked about this. You've, you've touched on this already a little bit. You, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the kinds of drugs and the kinds of uh, chemical uh, sort of defaults that people uh, have been using in, in the Baltimore area. 
And mm-hmm. the thing that I'm really curious about is, uh, and, and I know Ray is too, uh, people walk into a, a clinic like this and they're mm-hmm. greeted by a rabbi. So I've got a kind of a two-part question. First of all, um, d- and I'm really curious about this, are there... I would be surprised if there were, but are there a lot of Jewish drug uh, uh, abusers that walk into your clinic? And secondly, uh, the, the other question is, is, is how does your background as a rabbi sort of aid you in, in helping these people? Sure. Um, we have had, you know, several Jewish clients here and there, uh, primarily not. Uh, the area that I'm in now really is not a Jewish area. Um, it's East Baltimore County. Um, certainly there are Jewish people everywhere in the world, but uh, primarily in the Baltimore area, like northwest Baltimore city and county, or where most Jews reside. So um, some people actually ask me, when, he, when you go to work, do you wear your yarmulke? Sure, <laughs> proudly. You know, I think it's... Uh, I, I think it's, you know... Uh, very appropriate. You're in a helping profession, and you want to uh, show that a uh, Jewish person is, is helping in, uh, in in that profession. Uh, you mentioned uh, methadone, and, and you're right. Uh, you know, I, I'd never heard of heard of it before. Uh, it sounds almost like a, a miracle, a blessing from Hashem. And and I'm curious, does this uh, uh, treat the physical symptoms? Does it treat the uh, psychological symptoms, or or both? Or I mean, how does it get people to just automatically have no desire for it at all? How does it do that? That, that's a very good question. Just getting back to your question before, if I may, for a second. I sure. mean, it's my goal, you know, to really make a Kiddush Hashem um, yeah. with, you know, all the people that I interact with every day. And this is a, uh, a tremendous opportunity to do that. Um, about methadone itself, um, the way it works, and again, I'm not the medical person here, but the way it works is um, it, it is a synthetic opiate that is a liquid. Um and people are not shooting it up, they're drinking it, and it's a prescribed medication that um, attaches to the neuroreceptors in the brain that's expecting the heroin there. I mean, clients honestly, patients honestly expect to die. Mm. Like if, you, if you could imagine that feeling, if you ever, anybody ever had that feeling, they're almost going to die. They honestly feel that they're going to die if they don't have their heroin. Okay? So wow. this, it, it's, it's that difficult. It's that difficult to get away from such a, a drug. It becomes a god. Um, you know, so this replaces that in the brain. So now we could deal with a person in a very different way and very more immediate. Um, as I said before, you can, we can work on their jobs. Either if they have a job, they can do better in their job. If they have a relationship... Um, they can do better. I, I can almost guarantee that anybody who's been using drugs has had to lie to do it, has had to sometimes do other things that are not appropriate um, to get their, you know, to, to, to get their drugs. And they've burned a lot of bridges. It's really hard to mend ways after you've done it for decades and, you know, really are, are trying to um, really honestly get back on the right track. And the the client, the patient, really wants to do the right thing, honestly, in their hearts. But then you have another 
um, aspect that people don't believe in you because you've not had a good track record for years. Right. For decades. And, you know, we, we believe in Judaism that Yish, giving up hope, is the, is the worst thing. It's, it's really a, uh, a part of where the Satan comes in and really does work. Because if you give up on yourself, then the Satan has a, a great uh, uh, tool to use um, against that person. And that's what we focus on here also, is not to, you know, give up on any human being. We see a lot of good work here, and, you know, it's, it's hard, but there's work to be done. And we try to tell families and clients themselves one step at a time, one more goal at a time, and you'll get there. And well, it's interesting. Sometimes uh, families have this idea that they should be well tomorrow. And if we could just show people that it's happening slowly, slowly, you know, one uh, at least something's happening a little bit at a time, then they have what to believe and then they have what to hope for. Well, it's interesting that you uh, kind of uh, put it in the category of it, that they become so dependent on it, it is, it is like a god which is, uh, of course, uh, idolatry, and, and it sounds like a, uh, a systematic approach where the drug uh, is used to help treat the, uh, the mental systems. The, the methadone helps in that area, which then allows you uh, and the other people there to work on the physical aspects of, of this person's life, because obviously if they've been involved in this for many years, mm-hmm. uh, not only do they have a mental addiction, they also have a, a physical uh, attachment that's an addiction to it as well, and they have to break sure. all those habits. Sure, sure. Um, yes, it's, it's, it's a very difficult cycle sometimes. Rabbi Markowitz, uh, of course, I'm, I'm sure that a, a lot of the people listening to today's show are thinking, okay, well, fine, this is, this is wonderful. Uh, there's someone doing a lot, of, a, a lot of good out there in the world, a rabbi who's helping uh, you know, drug users, and they're probably thinking, well, why are they having this gentleman on the No Hide Nation show? And, and, the, and I have to tell you that, that all this is leading up to something that is just, to me uh, and Ray both, very groundbreaking. Uh, and that's the reason we're having you on. You have decided, and I think you've just started to. You have decided to actually implement the concept of about to. Of, pardon? About to. Oh, about to. Anyway, yeah. the point is, you are about to implement the idea of of, of teaching. I, I guess are you going to teach the seven laws, or you're going to utilize the concept of the seven laws to help people in drug rehab? Can you explain that? Right. It would depend on the clients once. When it comes to that, for some will be, you know, it's 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 a useful tool, a very useful tool in uh, getting clients to get back on the right track to get their life together. If they can focus on these seven laws, they're about you know humanity. If you look at the seven, um, drug addiction takes away from all the seven. Wow. So we would like to have people um, come in, train our counselors about, you know. What, how, how to utilize the seven ideas of, and the seven laws of Noah to, to teach our clients, you know, one by one, each one on a different level, so it's hard to say. As you know, in any person's uh, religious affiliation or, or, um, wanting, or, or any kind of spiritual affiliation, every person is different. Sure. Some may not be interested. Some may be interested in learning a lot. Some may be interested in learning a little bit. Do you think that, that possibly you would even employ the concept of teaching the seven laws and uh, 
sort of in a stealth <laughs> manner, whereby you wouldn't tell them that you're teaching them the seven laws? Is could you actually get away with that, so to speak? Um, in, again, it's a client by client, case by case basis. Um, just for our counselors themselves to know more about them, everything trickles down. Yeah. Everything trickles down. It's it's really about humanity. Yeah. Are are your are your counselors all Jewish or or various uh, backgrounds? Various backgrounds. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Ray, I think you you had a question that you wanted to uh, ask the rabbi. Yeah, I, it, because I find this absolutely fascinating and and fulfilling at the same time. Because I, I truly believe, uh, and you mentioned it earlier, uh, the spirituality either never was or has left from uh, all of these individuals. And by means of the Sheva Mitzvot, you're I, I, I truly believe, and you know the results aren't in yet, of course, but I I really believe that you'll make some significant headway because the seven laws, number one, uh, make so much sense that that it's very, in in an orderly, I'm sorry? It's basic. Yes, in its understanding, even though it you know goes to deeper depths. I mean, there's seven categories, and then sixty-six. Uh, some argue seventy subcategories, which actually evolve into thousands. But from a basic level, it gives people something to to hang on to, uh, something that they can implement in their lives immediately from a physical standpoint as well as a spiritual standpoint, because you are bringing the Creator in to the equation, which was never there before. And, and, I, and I find that remarkable. And, and I'm curious, you're a, a, a Jewish man and a, a rabbi, and I got the call from you about any books related to the seven Noahide laws. Do I have any documents, you know, being Noahide nations, it would be conceivable that I might have a few things. But you came to, to me, whatever gave you this idea to 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 implement this as i said before it's really a logical step in in treatment um even if it's not even spiritual nature these are these are basic seven ideas of taking responsibility you know, what, what you find missing often in society is a lack of responsibility um and this helps people um, have more responsibility and take control of their own lives as opposed to drugs or someone else taking control of their lives. Well, we're talking to uh, Rabbi Moshe Markowitz. He is uh, with a Baltimore-based uh, clinic called BD Health Services. And the rabbi is doing some uh, amazing work in the Baltimore area in drug rehab. And, of course, I think kind of groundbreaking in the respect that uh, he is going to be implementing soon the concept of teaching the seven laws to bring people back from the the depths of of their drug abuse. And we're going to be talking about uh, the rabbi's work in that realm coming up right after this break. You're listening to Noahide Nations right here on IsraelNationalRadio.com.
You mean to tell me you don't have an art scroll Siddur? No wonder you have trouble following the prayer service. Take advantage of Art Scroll's 33rd anniversary sale where all Sidurim and Chumashim are 33% off. For instance, an English-Hebrew prayer book with detailed footnotes in English, interlinear format, and more. 33rd anniversary, 33% off. That's Art Scroll books on the web at www.artscroll.com slash arutz. Art Scroll books. Point, click, learn. Is you're not tuning in to the Tovia Singer Show on Israel National Radio, where he's got new time. Now, Tovia Singer is live every Tuesday through Thursday at 10 p.m. in Israel and 3 p.m. in New York City. You can download his podcast, your iPod, iPhone, iComputer, and iWhatever, because Tovia Singer is the most Zionistical, nationalistical, controversial, no-holds-barred pro-Israel talk show host on the Internet. Streaming live from Israel to your ears. Tovia Singer, Tovia Singer, Tovia Singer. That's Tovia Singer on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Welcome back to the Noahide Nation show here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Uh, again, I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson. I'm here with Jim Long, and we're also here speaking with a, a very remarkable man doing absolutely remarkable work. Mm-hmm. And we want to you know, jump back into this because it's, it's so important and, and so vital, uh, this, this information we're receiving and to the benefit of, of mankind uh, just, just overall. And Rabbi, you know, welcome back to the second half of our show. It's it's really great to be here, and I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, one of the uh, uh, things that's that's fascinating, in in and I'm curious, and using the uh, Sheva Mitzvot, the seven Noahide laws, uh, have you determined a, a, a path, an approach uh, to make real use of this successfully in in your clinic? Um, sure. Um, you were thinking about in this clinic itself? Yeah. Or are you familiar with anything that would be similar to this uh, utilized in, in other clinics? I mean, for me, this is the first time I've ever heard the seven Noahide laws, the Shevin vote being used in, in, in any area of medicine. Okay. Well, um, yes and no. Um, in general, I have never heard of this. And this will be a, a pioneer idea here. Um, I would say is that the uh, 12 steps have been wrong for many, 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 many decades. And that is um, notably very successful. Um, and you kind of wonder why. And my thoughts are is that because it has a very serious spiritual component, number one. And number two, it has a very serious component um, of... Uh, responsibility. Those two things make something work. Those two things make society work. And um, that's what like, we, we would like to always cultivate in our clinic and, and, and our clients, not to push anything on anyone, but when the time is right, just like when someone's ready for 12 steps, they can be ready for what maybe called seven steps. You'd mentioned uh, in the last segment that many of these uh, adults, these 30- and 40-year-old adults, uh, really have the, uh, the, the mentality and the, and the uh, physical working knowledge of a 16-year-old right. in our society. 
And, and I find that, uh, you know, stunning, but yet it, you know, pondering it, it does make a, a, a whole lot of sense. How are you able to, uh, help these people out of that? And, and, I, and I'm assuming you're going to be using the Shevimus vote as, as a means of accountability and responsibility. But do you, how successful do you think you're going to be in bringing these folks out of that, uh, pattern that they're stuck in, I mean, to, to evolve them to the actual age that they are today, for example. Sure. It's, it's a slow process, and you have to, you know, take it one step at a time, as I said before. Um, we've been successful up to now. This is just an added, serious, uh, you know, uh, important component is giving the ideas of Shev Mitzvah's B'nai Noach. Um, that's just an added, another serious component to those that are interested in going that route. Um, it's it's a it's a real help, Rabbi Markowitz. Uh, I don't know that you've even touched on this already, and and uh, I know you've already told us that that uh, you are planning to actually implement this this kind of uh, treatment soon in your clinic. Uh, is it is it too soon to talk about the specifics of the methodology? Do you have a an outline yet? I, I know that you talked to Ray and I about this, and we're very excited about it. Uh, can you talk about the specifics, or is it still too early? Um, it is early in some ways, but uh, roughly the idea is is that with the books that are, are, are guided to this, people will have a lending library. Um, that way they can do things on their own at their leisure, come back with questions. Um, and again, it's all voluntary. Um, counselors will be given seminars about how to implement this when it's appropriate for the clients. And, and, you know, as time goes on, we will learn ourselves. Again, this is a pioneer idea. But uh, in some ways, and as I said before, in some ways not, because the 12 steps is certainly based very much on uh, spirituality um, as one of the main original components, because with that you can go further. You have to accept a higher being, a creator. Right. As part of the 12 steps. Do you, foresee, do you foresee a time where you could actually have classes for these people, or would that be sort of out of your realm of, of uh, jurisdiction, so to speak? Well, I mean, we make referrals all the time for all kinds of different you know, reasons, whether it's medical, clinically related, um, socially related, or financially related. There is no reason why this couldn't be another referral, uh, depending on each client. Okay. Do you do you actually know of any? In fact, we should uh, point out, Ray, that if anybody's listening to this the show in the Baltimore area, uh, possibly they could contact uh, Rabbi Markowitz uh, at the clinic and even suggest. Uh, of course, that would be that would be a, a quite of a, a you know an undertaking, but possibly we could urge people that are listening that would want to reach out to these people who do show an interest in 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 Torah. And that they happen to be, uh, you know, that they're non they're non Jews, uh, to actually contact the rabbi and and let them know so that he could he could refer clinics, or rather the clinic could refer those people uh, to these particular classes, and that sure, which leads me like to you're, you're suggesting a chavusa program or a uh, uh, classes. Sure, exactly. Well, then I would suggest to, to anyone listening right now to today's show that if you live in the greater Baltimore area. And uh, whether you want to become interested in, in helping uh, the rabbi with some of these folks that come into his clinic, uh, that's what Noahide Nations, of course, Ray's particular resource is for. It is for people to uh, uh, to connect with other Noahides 
and uh, no matter what shape they're in, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> or condition. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in fact, Jim, they can uh, reach us uh, via two email addresses. Uh, mine at Noahide Nations is ray at com, And then, of course, the other is here at Israel National Radio for both Jim and I, and it is noahide at israelnationalradio.com. And, Rabbi, I would like to extend an offer to you uh, when you see fit to use it. Uh, we have a, what I call, what we call a Torah Learning Center uh, with Noahide Nations. It's a, a TLC for short. And what it is, uh, Rabbi, is a virtual learning center. So, in other words, all the classes actually occur online. And we have both rabbis and uh, Noahides teaching various classes. Uh, one rabbi teaches on the, the seven laws and gets into you know greater depths. Uh, one Noahide uh, teaches on chesed. Uh, so we have a number of different classes. And, and my offer to you, if you feel it's appropriate and, and the timing is right and you really think it will help, I would like to offer your patients that you refer to us a, a, an opportunity to take advantage of these courses at no charge to them if they if they show a sincere interest in this we want to as noahide nations and i know as israel national radio and ray and jim we want to help and 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 i hope that we can be able to do that for you so i do want to make that uh, available uh, when it's appropriate sounds excellent Okay. Okay. Well, you and I can talk about that uh, afterwards because I know you haven't implemented this program yet, and you you want to do that and kind of get a gauge, an idea of how it's working. And then for those that you really feel would be in a in a, in a position to really dive into this and really you know extract some real benefit out of it, then we you know I'm happy to get them involved to make them a member of Noahide Nations and uh, give them access uh, to that uh, Torah learning. Center, which is actually only available for uh, Noahide Nations members. So I want to extend that to you as, as an offer and our way of, of helping you achieve your goals. Thank you. Thank you. Rabbi Markowitz, uh, one last question. I'm sorry, did you want to say something? No, go ahead. Okay. I, I, want, I had one last question for you, and it's, it's purely speculative, but uh, Ray and I are kind of interested in this. Uh, not not uh, not you know having access to to your kind of clinic and and uh, having a lot of knowledge of it is is there any way to predict how long uh, these these treatments actually take is there a have you found through your experience that that when someone walks in the door uh, that there is a, a general time frame that that they seem to respond in how long does a treatment like this usually take that is an excellent question and the answer varies. Um, we've only been open for over two years right now. So we've had, not so many, but we've had some clients, you know, who've been on methadone maintenance treatment for decades. And you kind of wonder, you ask them, do you want to get off? And the answer often is no. I don't want to take that chance. I have. It hasn't worked. This works for me. I have a family. I have a job. My life is together. I, I just can't do it. And then you have those that, you know, come into treatment and want to know if they could uh, detox off in a week or it just doesn't work that way either. Mm-hmm. 
um, optimally what I tell clients, again, if they want to be on forever, that's that's where, you know, I always try to meet our clients and tell our counselors to do the same, is to meet the clients where they are. You know, so each individual is different. If it's a lifetime idea and that's how it works for them, that's wonderful. Um, for many, it would uh, it takes time to get adjusted, not, not that long actually, but what I tell clients and what I tell our staff is that once you get your life in order for, I don't know, let's say six months, then we can talk about detoxing off it. Yeah. And that itself, to do it right and not just to be, you know, feel withdrawal from the medication itself, could take a year, could take six months. It, everybody's different in that respect also, depending on how much medication they're taking, depending on what their life circumstances are. And, uh, you know, it just depends. It's, 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 it's a different method of treatment. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier that you are in a part of Baltimore where there is not a large Jewish community. Um, what I I find kind of fascinating is the fact, again, you know, that, that these folks are walking in and here they see this gentleman wearing a kippah and tzitzit. And have there been, and it may be too short a time to even answer this, have there been any of them, who patients who've walked in from these terrible lifestyles and they've responded to you? Uh, have have any of them actually gotten curious about Torah and 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 turned and and asked questions about Judaism? Sure, that definitely happens all the time. Yeah, you know the thing that I'm that I find fascinating, and I, I think maybe the the answer is obvious. But you know, if you've ever been to Israel, any of our listeners, uh, you know, you don't hear, at least in in my experience, and I could be wrong, uh, you you don't often hear about drug and alcohol problems in, in Eretz Israel. And I don't think you find a lot of that here in, in, in America either, in the Orthodox, you know, in the observant community. And though the answer might be, uh, you know, really obvious to many of us who study Torah, uh, why do you think, tell the audience why you think that that is not prevalent in the Orthodox community, why there is not a lot of problems in the areas of drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Yeah, I was recently at a conference um, four or five months ago uh, where they talk about all kinds of addictions and methods and statistics, and one of the statistics was that um, the least prevalent, it wasn't about Orthodox Jews, it was about Jews in general, the least prevalent um, ethnic group would be um, the uh, the Jewish ethnic group, have yeah. the least amount of drug addiction, statistically. Um, and they also um, said that uh, I think that Native, uh, that Native Americans have the highest rate of uh, drug abuse. Yeah. And they had their, their own theories there, I should, I should let you know. What, well, let me but, ask you, what, was, uh, what were their theories about, uh, what were their theories, first of all, about why there was such a low incidence among the Jewish community, and what is your, and do you agree with that, and, and if not, what is your uh, theory about it? Their theories were that, or I, should say, in, uh, I should say, one in particular theory was, and they, they really didn't know exactly, but the only theory that they could think of is that uh, maybe Jewish people haven't been around as long with these type of things available, whereas Indians and Native Americans have been around many, many more millennia, and it's just been um, more, more available to them. Mm-hmm. What about what about kids sitting around a table at Shabbat with wine? I mean, 
exactly. I would, exactly. I would think that that I would think that the Jewish community, going back three thousand years, the kids right. are going to be exposed to wine at least around the the, the seder table. So, I, I, but, so, so, what is your thinking behind that? I think it has to do with with spirituality. Same. Yeah. You know, if the, if you have uh, God and specifically the one true God um, in your uh, minds all day, um, obviously everybody could do more of that. Um, but but that makes a difference. That that keeps something in your neshama as mm-hmm. opposed to replacing it with something else. Yeah, you know, Ray. You know what this reminds me of, and we're talking about the the, the low rate of of uh, alcohol abuse, especially in the Jewish community. And uh, Rabbi, I don't know if you see if you agree with this. You know what comes to mind is the parsha of of uh, Balaam and Balak, when when Israel. The only way that that the that the enemies of Israel in the Torah were able to get to the people of Israel, the only way was, one of the ways they they did it was, of course, through the avenue of wine, and, of course, that led to other terrible things. And I wonder if, if, if that memory isn't retained by by uh, Am Israel, by the people of Israel that, you know, that is, is you know, that you, you never... Or, or is it the component that that there is a kind of equilibrium that comes out of living in a Jewish in a, an, an observant Jewish family? Could be all of the above. Well, and I, I would just you know throw in here that uh, the the Jewish community is reading the weekly parsha, and when that's over for the year, they start over again. So certainly reading about it time and time and time and time again, if if only at a subconscious level, it is there in their minds and, and always being called upon. And, and as uh, uh, Rabbi Markowitz uh, says, when you're the kind of person who is thinking of your creator all through the course of the day, uh, that goes a long way to having the strength to make it through the day. I mean, the idea is when you say brachot, you know, all day long for different things, um, our goal is really a hundred a day between uh, prayers and, uh, you know, blessings over food. That's a connection a hundred times a day. Yeah. You you elevate every single uh, every th- single thing you do, every act yeah. is elevated to holiness. And, and you know, and, re- go ahead, Rabbi. I'm sorry. I just no. wanted to give you an example. Please. I'm in a grocery store. And my son's next to me, and I want candy, I want candy, I want candy, right? And you, you <laughs> see this in the next aisle over, right? And, you know, no, the answer is no. You, you have to have dinner first, and maybe, you know, whatever it might be. But then they'll still add more. But we say, but we say, you know what, that's not kosher. And it somehow just stops there. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. That's reminding the children <laughs> at a very young age about their creator. There's no question anymore. How does that happen? Well, I probably need to make an appointment with you because that's how I am, and don't let this out. That's how I am with my wife in the store. So, <laughs> um, I'm curious, Rabbi. Uh, do you have uh, strictly uh, uh, Baltimore uh, drawing? I mean, or, or, or is it just people for the Baltimore area, or do you also have people coming from outside of the Baltimore area? I can only think of one offhand that came from Pennsylvania. Okay. So it's pretty much just Baltimore, and obviously uh, with the success that with uh, uh, Hashem's help, 
uh, it, it will bring much success. Would you uh, plan on taking it or, or recommending it, suggesting it to other clinics? I'm not sure how you do that. Is it medical articles or how you, how you all do that? But would you propose it to be utilized in other clinics as well? Sure. Sometimes you have a, I have the opportunity of uh, uh, giving a lecture at, at a conference to you know as an initial step, but uh, that certainly is a possibility. I'd like to go back just for a second. Um, I would be remiss. I mean, it, it almost sounded like we were making it sound like Jewish people don't have any addictions. Well, no, I, yeah, I, and, I'm, and please, unfortunately, yeah. that's not true. Yeah, and and the incidence is lower. Is, I'm sorry. So the the incidence is lower, though, is what the I'm saying. The incidence is significantly lower. So I want to point that out. That you know, it doesn't mean there are none. And I also want to point out is that. Um, when, when, you know, drug abuse happens in the Jewish community or Orthodox community, it can be sometimes even more difficult to find treatment, or at least seemingly so, because of it's it's really you know hard. It's 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 hard to go seek that out. It's hard to, uh, um, you know, I I can think of an incident where somebody was given myself, and I have no idea who this person is. Um, and called me, and uh, it was um, a girl in uh, high school. I won't even mention the city. She was not even in Baltimore. Um, was desperate. She got hooked on pills, and she just didn't know where to turn. She couldn't go to her parents. She couldn't go to her um, teachers. She she said she would be you know done for life. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's that that has to be really you know looked at. It's 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 a significant problem. Um, I never even knew her name, and I tried to guide her. But it's um, a significant problem. Um, it's, it's, there, there, there's a lot of secrecy, and, and, and for good reason. But at the same time, it, it really needs to you know, be thought of that way that it could be difficult to yeah. get that kind of treatment. Yeah. Well, we're rapidly running out of time, Rabbi Markowitz, and I have to ask you very quickly: Do you think that the the the, the problem that this girl encountered is because uh, because it's harder for someone in the Orthodox community because there is so much more shame attached to the idea of an observant Jew falling prey to these things? That was certainly her perception. Yeah, yeah. And whether it's true or not, it doesn't make a difference. The perception is what counts. Sure. Well, we've been talking with uh, a remarkable rabbi. He's Moshe Markowitz. He's based in uh, Baltimore, Maryland at B&D Health Services. And they have, uh, he is beginning to implement, we want to hear more about it in the months after he's had a chance, they're going to implement a, a, a rehab program uh, based around using the seven laws of Noah as a sort of a seven-step program to rehabilitation. And, Ray, I'll throw it back to you to wrap up today's show. Well, Rabbi Markowitz, it has just been an honor and a blessing having you on, on the show today. I think uh, we gained a lot of knowledge, and we want to uh, wish you the best and much success, and that Hashem blesses your, your work mightily. And I'd like to remind all of our listeners out there, too, just like Rabbi Markowitz shared with us today, we must always have our Creator on our minds all throughout the day, every minute of the day, every second of the day if possible. So please, always look to the heavens for your strength and your help from Hashem, your Creator. 
because I assure you, he is always looking out for you. Until next week, Shavua Tov. This is Ray and Jim, uh, Noahide Nations, right here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. I used to get up all the time at night to go to the bathroom. It was driving me crazy. I tried every different kind of prescription medication out there. Finally, I found Preso brand Apuntima. It comes in men's and women's formulas, is an all-natural herbal remedy that helps with urinary problems. Get Preso. It helped me, and it can help you too. Visit Preso.com. That's Preso.com. With Passover approaching, Tour Plus is offering the English-speaking public a fantastic experience in Israel's leading hotels. Tour Plus has an excellent reputation. We pay special attention to kashrut standards, providing glat mahadrin kosher food and shmur matzah in each hotel. Visit us online at www.tourplus.co.il and click on the English button at the top. That's www.tourplus.co.il. Tour Plus for the complete vacation.